Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 62 of The Sco Show. I'm surprised because you're probably surprised that I would be back so quickly, but it's time to turn the page. I'm not going to sit here and dwell in the what could have and what might have been. We did that in the melancholy and the infinite sadness show. It's time to move on. And we're going to start that today, Monday. We're going to turn the page on this past season. There will be shows and places where you can go to break stuff down, to break down the loss to the Tennessee Titans, to wonder about what could have been, to speculate and things like that about how they could have won that game. We're looking ahead. And just so you know the plan for the next couple of weeks, I've literally got it mapped out. After this show, what are we going to do? Two more shows this week. We're going to talk potential offensive free agents, sort of put together a watch list for you if you want to do some of your own scouting. And we're going to put together a a show later this week. So two more shows. Like I said, one on offensive free agents, one on defensive free agents. Then the next week, what are we going to do? We're going to have two shows next week. One is going to be a Shrine Game preview because Shrine Game is getting ready to go. So we're going to start talking about like a watch list for the Shrine Game. That will be next Monday. And then later next week, we'll have two shows next week. We're going to have a Senior Bowl non-quarterback show. Getting you ready sometime Wednesday or Thursday of next week about senior bowls, prospects, watch lists, guys to sort of keep in mind. And then Monday, the 20th, that's Senior Bowl Monday. I will be flying down to Mobile, but you'll have a show for me talking about the quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl. And then you'll have shows throughout Senior Bowl week, maybe get some audio of the the players when I get a chance to talk to, some interview footage, talk to some people down there, maybe get some friends of the show on in person, do some live stuff. So look, we are turning the page. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the current list of free agents on the Patriots roster for the upcoming offseason, sort of work through that list together. That's the plan for today. Before we do that, your usual reminders, please do follow along with the hijinks on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Check out the work at places like InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, And yes, that trio of SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, and right here at Pat's Pulpit. And let's sort of kick things off with a bit of a refresher because we'll be talking about two different classes of free agents in today's show, unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents. Now, what is the difference? Well, let's go out the gate this way. The easiest way to figure it out, unrestricted free agents, they can either re-sign with their current team or test the open market and go elsewhere. They're not really tied down in any way. So they can just go. And the bulk of the players that are going to be free agents are unrestricted free agents. Now, there are also restricted free agents. Now, restricted free agents, these are players that have an expiring contract 
who has exactly three accrued seasons. An accrued season is defined as a player being on a team for at least six regular season games. Now, what happens with restricted free agents, teams have four different tender options they can place on their restricted free agents that usually keeps those players from leaving. They can put a first-round tender, meaning that the free agent can negotiate with other teams, but the original team has the option to match any deal and will receive a first-round selection if it opts not to match the deal. A second-round tender, the free agent can negotiate with other teams, but the original team has the option to match any deal and will receive a second-round selection if it opts not to match the deal. Then there's the original-round tender. Again, same thing. You can negotiate, but the team, in this case the Patriots, can match any deal and will receive a selection equal to the round the player was originally selected if it opts not to match, or they can do what's called the right of first refusal. The free agent can negotiate with other teams, but the original team has an option to match any deal. The team will not get any compensation if it opts not to match. Now, because of that, teams usually put some kind of tender on these players. Now, you might be asking, why not just put a first-round tender on anybody? Well, it's expensive. For the 2018 season, first-round tenders are valued at $4.149 million. Second-round tenders are 2.9, And original-round tenders, low-level tenders, $1.9. And so, if you're going to give some fringe players a first-round tender... You then might have to pay them $4.1 million. You might not want to do that. And that number is probably going to go up. So with that in mind, let's start on the defensive side of the ball. And the Patriots have two restricted rights free agents. Two restricted free agents. That's Adam Butler, the defensive tackle, 26 years old. And Keontae Davis, defensive end, also 26 years old. Now, it would not surprise me at all to see both of these players get a tender. It perhaps, at least in Butler's case, a second-round tender. Because you're looking at the fact that this was a player that was a huge part of their defense. You know, when you look at their run defense, his ability to get after the passer at times, some situational pass rushing, Butler was a big part of what they were doing. And yes, they've got Brian Coward in the reins, but defensive tackle is a depth issue for this team. And so, look, he, he was an undrafted free agent, so you... I don't think you could put an original round tender on him, but I think they put sort of a second round tender on him. Then there's Keontae Davis, who obviously wasn't a big part of the team this year. You know, he was somebody that was put onto injured reserve early in the season, but he's somebody that, look, they invested in. So he probably would get some kind of tender as well. He's a player that was probably going to be drafted. They were able to get him as an undrafted free agent due to injuries. He's had some injury history, but he flashed at times this offseason. I think they find a way to tender both of these players. Now, that sort of brings us back to the rest of the free agents on the defensive side of the ball. We'll start at the top. You've got Devin McCourty, 33-year-old, free safety. He says he wants to be back. I'd imagine they find a way to bring him back. Probably like a one-year type of deal. Kyle Van Noy, on the other hand, has probably played himself into a big deal. He's been a big part of what the Patriots' defense has been over the past season and a half, two seasons. And so I think they would let Kyle Van Noy test the market a bit. And I'd imagine he's going to find a pretty favorable market. Then you've got Nate Ebner. Also an unrestricted free agent, core part of what they do on special teams. You know, they might try to find a way to bring him back into the fold. Then there's Jamie Collins. 
He flashed at the start of this season. And if you would have asked me, you say in November, what they're going to do with Collins, I'd say, look, they're going to find a way to get him back. Now I'm not so sure about it. According to Sport Track, look, he had a, you know, an AAV of two million this year, but a market value for him is like eight point eight million, according to Sport Track. When you look at some of the other contracts outside linebackers have gotten, and Sport Track has a base calculated value of him two seasons fifteen point six million for an average salary of seven point eight. And so it might be a situation where they let Van Noy and Collins test things out, but they really see how it shakes out early. And then, you know how the Patriots tend to do things. They deal in the secondary free agent market. They don't really make a big splash early. They let things shake out a bit. And then if one of them's getting offers and the other isn't, maybe then then revisit things. But we might be looking at both Van Noy and Collins gone. Danny Shelton, also an unrestricted free agent. I think they try to get him back again, given the depth issues in the interior. Justin Bethel, the special teams ace. His might depend on what happens with Matthew Slater, if he comes back, if he retires or not. Shalit Calhoun, I would probably, you know, a bit of uncertainty around him. And maybe they do sort of some secondary free agent market deal with him with Kyle Van Noy and Collins both leave, but they're probably not going to really throw a ton of resources his way. And then the final one is a Landon Roberts. And I think it's hard to say that they'll move on from a Landon Roberts, even though, look, he's a depth linebacker right now. You know, you have an agent, Dante Hightower. You look at the versatility that Roberts brought to the table. You know, I think they find a way to bring him back into the fold. So that's the defensive side of the ball. Up next, we're going to talk about the offense. And obviously, there's a big question waiting in the wings. And so we'll dive into the offensive free agents next on episode 62 of The Sco Show. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 62 of The Sco Show. And as we're recording here, the final wildcard game has gone final. And I basically went 0 for 4. You know, the final game... I said, head told me Seattle, heart told me the Eagles. But I went 0-4-4 in a sense. If you give me, you know, and even if you give me the Seattle one, I went one for three. You know, because now we got Houston moving on. We got Tennessee moving on. You got the Vikings moving on in overtime. And yes, the Seattle Seahawks 
just a, a fascinating wild card weekend filled with chaos, uncertainty, sadness, joy, everything sports can provide. And yes, there will be some bitterness, especially if you're an Eagles fan. You see Wentz go down that way and to see the timeline almost turn, I don't want to say joyous, but there is definitely an element of we told you so when Wentz got hurt when he gets speared from behind on a play that should have been flagged. But so that means, look, divisional round weekend, arguably the best weekend of the football season is set. And so we get on Saturday, 435, we get Minnesota at San Francisco. And then Saturday night, a game that I think a lot of people are going to be excited to see. Tennessee at Baltimore. I know it's a six versus one, but fascinating. That's going to be like one of those academy games when you get two teams like Army, Navy or Navy, Air Force that like to run the ball, control the clock a bit. I mean, Tannehill threw it, what, like 15, 17 times? So that's going to be a fascinating game to watch Saturday night. That on Sunday you get Houston at Kansas City and then Seattle at Green Bay. So a really interesting divisional round weekend ahead of us. And we'll have to talk about it from time to time here on this show. But this is a Patriots show first and foremost. We'll get back to the Patriots now. We're going to talk about offensive free agents. And yes, there's the big one. We'll get to that at the end so I can keep you people listening. There is one restricted free agent. That is Jermaine Illuminor, 25-year-old guard. He's a restricted free agent. Salary of 645000 or so this season. A lot of what happens with him, I think, will be dependent upon how they feel about some of the other guys. Say, for example, a Hilde Froholt, who I still have high hopes for, given what he did against Alabama last year. You know, when it comes to the offensive line, there are guys I'm waiting to see shake out. Yandy Kajus, another player. Um, so Illuminor might be somebody they try to bring back um, to have some depth there. They're, then they get the rest of these players are unrestricted free agents. Ted Karras flashed in the you know injury period to David Andrews, obviously this year. Held himself well. I think they bring him back. He's probably earned it. James Ferenc, he's, look, he's 31, but... Given the health of David Andrews, you might want to have him back in the fold as well. Benjamin Watson, he's basically said he's done. He's retiring. You could probably say goodbye to Benjamin Watson. Joe Tooney is probably going to get some looks on the free agent market. Because you look at the guard spot, it's not the best year if you need a guard. Kyle Long just on Twitter tonight announced his retirement. There's Brandon Sheriff from Washington. There's Eric Flowers, Andres Pete, and that's pretty much it. You know, Joe Tooney is going to get a ton of attention on the free agent market. And so I'm sure New England's going to take a run at him. I would love to see him back in the fold. But if you go to SportsRack and you look at market value, for Brandon Sheriff, okay, who's a 28-year-old guard. They're telling you that he's going to get a market value of somewhere around $12.4 average annual salary. You're probably looking at a four-year, $53 million deal for him. He's 28. Joe Tooney is 27. And so it might be a situation where 
Sheriff probably gets the big bucks because he's the more well-known name, but a team's going to be happy to settle for Joe Tooney, and they could probably do it for four years, $50 million. And, you know, we did, the Patriots did, sort of just pay Shaq Mason. And the deal they gave Mason was a, a five-year, $45 million deal. And so you're probably looking at at least that is a jumping off point for what Joe Tooney would want. So that's going to be very interesting to see play out. I would love to see Joe Tooney back in the fold, but we know how the Patriots do business. Then there's Marshall Newhouse, the 31-year-old right tackle. It'd be nice if he could be trusted to be sort of a swing tackle. I don't want to see him as a starter, but sure, back in the fold. Philip Dorsett. This is such a good wide receiver class. I I think you maybe you look at potentially re-signing him given what goes into playing in this offense, but if Philip Dorsett walks out that door, I'm not going to be that upset. And I don't know if that's the meanest thing I've ever said about a player on the show. It might be. Not generally a mean guy, but yeah. And it's funny because my first Locked On show, the first podcast I ever did solo by myself was about Philip Dorsett. I talked about the trade, bringing him to New England and learning the offense and the lingo, the lingo that goes into the two systems and the similarity and all that stuff. And I wrote out the script. I was so nervous. And now, now we just win it. We'll do it live, as I heard once. Matthew Slater, 34-year-old special teams ace. I don't, look, if he's going to play, he's going to play in New England. I'd be stunned if he somehow finds a way out. We can we know what he means to this team from a field position standpoint. At some point, and I've dove I've delved into this a little bit, the Hall of Fame with Matthew Slater. I think there is a case to be made, a field position case to be made. I'm I've dabbled in the numbers a little bit, but I want to do some more of that. I think he finds a way back. That brings us to the big enchilada, the huge question, the elephant in the room, the reason why I've been on a couple of sports shows already and this season just ended. Tom Brady. Going to be 43 years old. You know, a $23 million deal this year, but he is a free agent. According to Sport Track, you're looking at a $34 million per year deal. What's funny is you look at Sport Track and they have these base calculated values. The contract on Tom Brady is negative, believe it or not. It's a negative seven year, a minus $236 million deal because he's 43. And that highlights the fact that we are in uncharted territory. And they say, look, base calculated value after adjusting the above contracts, which they have for Wilson, Roethlisberger, Goff, and Rogers, as if signed at Brady's current age, a linear regression is performed, providing us with the following initial value length minus seven years. Value negative $236 million. That's hilarious. But what is the market for a 43-year-old quarterback? And scarily enough, we're hearing from Willie McGinnis and others that there's no more hometown discount. You know, he's tired of perhaps taking the, you know, the small number deal and seeing the money spent on backup guards that aren't going to see the field and, you know, guys that won't help him out and things like that. So now he wants to get paid. I think that's more negotiated ploy than anything else. Maybe I will be proven completely and entirely wrong, but I will be stunned 
if Tom Brady's in a different uniform next year? Yes, you heard it here right now. January 5th, that's January 6th, 2010. I'll be stunned. But maybe I am the idiot here. And that's entirely possible. Because while I sound like it, I'm not the smartest dude out there. I don't know what's in Tom Brady's head. I wish I did. Because then, you know, probably a little bit more successful. I'm successful, but no, not Tom Brady successful. Although I will say he doesn't have a Slack channel, or if he does, I doubt it's as good as the one I'm a part of. So there, got that going for me, which is nice. But bottom line is this. Where are the potential landing spots for Tom Brady? Because you would want to have a place where, A, he could win next year. B, he's the guy, period, full stop. And C, he's not going to have to... You're not teaching an old dog new tricks. You're not dropping him into some, you know, Cliff Kingsbury offense and saying, look, now you're an RPO guy. And so maybe the Josh McDaniels thing changes things. What's interesting, this blows my mind... I get from BetAG, BetOnline.ag odds all the time. They get emailed to me all throughout the weekend. Jimmy Shapiro does great work over there sending these out. But the odds on favorite right now for a Tom Brady landing spot at 11-2 to two is Cleveland. Followed by the Panthers and the Raiders at 6-1 and one each. I find that stunning. I could understand the Raiders because, look, Gruden, West Coast system, there's going to be a lot of similarity there. I could get the Panthers in a sense if they decide, look, we're going to move on. You know? But Cleveland? And I got to think that's the, they're hiring McDaniels. They're going to have McDaniels bring his guy I gotta believe that the, that's the reason for Vegas thinking that Cleveland's the destination. But I still think it's New England. Now, does that mean they're gonna stand pat at quarterback? I don't think so. Look, we got time to talk about free agents. You better believe I'm gonna bring up the name Nick Mullins again. You know, dust off that piece, put a little polish on it. There we go. My work's done for this week. Burned. I got a new piece coming your way. Hee-hee. <laughs> And you better believe they'll probably draft a quarterback. I know they just drafted Sinem, but look, you, you got to figure this out. You got to be ready for the post Brady era. It might be coming now. Yes, I'm going to speak Nate Stanley into existence, but I do think that they'll probably draft a quarterback too. I still think Tom Brady's here. I still think he's going to be the guy next year, but we are in uncharted territory. And it's going to give us something to talk about. All off-season. I know you all are so excited to spend nothing but the next four months talking about Tom Brady. Which is why we're not going to do a ton of that. Which is why this show is done in the next 45 seconds. We are turning our eyes to potential free agents, putting together watch lists on offense and defense. Some other names to keep in mind. Some names I'll be thinking about and maybe doing some film work on. Then, like I said, next week we're getting into Shrine Game and Senior Bowl stuff. Then, you know, a week from today, two weeks from today... I am landing on the ground in Mobile with the rest of the NFL world, the NFL media world, the NFL world itself. Forget the Pro Bowl. We'll have the championship games behind us. It's Senior Bowl week. 
Not the best week of the year, but it's a good one. And so, look, we're back to it. We're turning the page. We are moving on. Because let's face it, we've got reigns to bless. And you can't do that without getting the talent around you. So until next time, friends, please keep on blessing that. Patriots reign. I'm in Falkland.